Hello, sugars. It's Maddie. Now, if you're listening to this episode, this is a special episode because this is a crossover episode of Dear Maddie and TV Tea Time with Jake Anthony. So, yes, Jake is on the show, so it's going to be gay and there's going to be squealing. But Jake's on the show because we were on a wonderful, wonderful podcaster's show. Her name is Kate Casey. She hosts a show called uh, Reality Life. And she, we're going to talk about her show, but she has, she hosts a show about, because she's obsessed with reality TV, the, the good reality TV, the bad, she loves all of it. So she talks about that on her show, but she interviews a lot of reality stars. So in this episode, we're going to talk about her show and um, kind of what she's, like who's been our favorite people she's interviewed, but she also, her life story is just incredible the the resiliency of this woman and what she's been able to accomplish and do and her humor because she's a stand-up comic so she's funny the fact that she's able to laugh at it all it's just it actually truly is inspiring so when Jake and I have we initially interviewed her for TV tea time but then I was like this is so dear Maddie too so that's why we we have we have her on so you're going to find out if you're a reality life listener and you like Kate I think you'll see another side of her we ask her our chatty Maddie questions so you know things about her childhood what inspires her what you know when she gets motivated so you know we're gonna go deep sugars so if you're listening to Dear Maddie you'll be used to this format if you're listening to TV Tea Time you're going what is this totally different no it is different for this week just because we thought this was a special episode but next week on TV Tea Time Jake and I will be talking Riverdale again we'll be talking um, just the normal the normal gay TV campy stuff we're talking about we also this week we have started we watching the Bromans on ITV2 Oh my God, this show is maybe Jake and I's new favorite show. Like, I haven't had a reaction to a show like this in a long, long time. Like, probably since I saw RuPaul's Drag Race. It's so good. So if you're in Britain or Europe, you can see it. If you're in America, you can see it. But you've got to, like, figure out your computer to be Europe and then download it or go on their website and then you can watch it. But you have to do it that way. It's very confusing. I'm not a tech person. Someone fixed it for me. I don't know how to tell you, but if you can watch it, oh my gosh, it's so good. All right, everybody. So hope you enjoyed this episode with the wonderful Kay Casey. You do. You start a lot of things with righteous anger. All right. At least it's righteous. Okay. Any questions? Are we ready? What yeah, I'm ready. Have four, three levels. All right. Because it's insulated. It's an insulated cup. This so is that a design way, issue. It's it meant to keep to it cool. I needed to give you a straw so you don't spill. But this is a whole production and it's also wonder woman cup oh i have a wonder woman kitchen he's obsessed with wonder my, woman my daughter is too she, we should have wonder woman <laughs> no, birthday that party sounds appropriate instead of a 39 year old man yeah i you know the girl that trains me uh-huh. um her other client is the producer of wonder woman wow oh, wow rebecca something or another is it wow but she's She's getting paid well. I sent her a picture of my daughter on her birthday party. I, I'll, I'll send it to you. I've Two of my daughters are the same birthday, and they wore Wonder Woman outfits for their birthday they party. They the same birthday? How do they deal with that? It's great. They love it, because oh. we're cool about it. Yeah. I'm always telling them how, what, how wonderful it is. Yeah. And then my son the and messaging. his cousin have the same birthday, and so I just think it's awesome. I think it really is if you... Kids take things how you present it to yes. them. Don't yes. Don't you agree? Yes. So we've always said... <clears throat> 
how special that you, for the rest of your life, you get to share this wonderful day. You're connected to your sister for the rest of your life. And they, um, I've said to my oldest, do you want to do a separate birthday party? And she's like, why would I not have my birthday party with my sister? It's our day. That's adorable. So So it's never, let's fight it out. So he gets the best present. No, my kids just don't fight like that. Jake, what would you have done if you and your brother were born on the same day? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, we would have had to have separate parties because my brother and I are very different. He would be into G.I. Joe's and Um, you'd be into My Little Pony. (laughs) Care Bears. Are you you into bronies? You know, I'm not, but I love hearing the culture about it. What are bronies? Bronies are grown, most of the time, straight men who are obsessed with My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Which is an really? animated show, mm-hmm. and there actually there was a musical written about it by two friends of mine called Bronies the Musical, and it was hugely successful because of the Bronies who went to go see it. I was, believe it. Was that at UCB? No, it was on the Fringe in the Fringe Festival. Wow. Um, and the musical wasn't even very good. Uh, but the the I'm not going to say they're freaks, but you're going to say they're they free. no no they they take they they really enjoy some of the themes of friendship is magic and they sometimes do cosplay as the my little ponies which is strange <laughs> to me I wish everybody could see Kay Casey's face right I know cuz you're you're like me when you first heard about it you're like oh that's obviously gay men who want to be horses you totally and, ha- have the face of I forget her name but what's in that movie Independence Day where the comet Hits the water and there's a huge tidal wave rushing toward her, and she's holding her father. <laughs> what is that movie? It just made me think of that. I don't know. Independence Day. I've forgotten that movie. <laughs> it was terrible. There was a there where was she's a, just scared and also confused. A remake of that. That was really awful. Not Independence um, Day. What's another one with more, a comet? Uh, there we go. You're a no. The day after tomorrow. What are all those? It's where a that comet. Was one of the worst movies is, ever made. This is what we do. We 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 think we're talking about the right thing. Then we we're call not, it yeah. like about six different. And names. I do it more than him, but he does it some. Then <laughs> we forget. It's the what one where the comet about. hits the Earth, and there's like two comets hit the Earth, but they destroy one, and Morgan Freeman's the president. That's like eight movies where yeah, Morgan Freeman is the president. That's true. I just described um, it. Sorry, no, we've been recording Armageddon. For a while. Armageddon. Armageddon. No, it's not the one with Bruce Willis. It's the other one. No, everyone has dropped out. You know everyone what? Everyone has completely <laughs> leave it, stopped Leave listening. it in the comments, everybody. Just leave it are in we the comments. Ta- are we even starting the yeah, show? Yeah, I thought we might as well. I'll, we'll do an intro, so they'll know. But oh. anyway, hello, everybody. This is a special episode of the Dear Maddie Show. It's a crossover. It's a crossover of Dear Maddie <laughs> and TVT time. Whoop. Because I, I, we were on, we, today it's Jake and I, and we're with the wonderful Kate Casey. Kate Hello. Casey. Hello. Kate Casey. And An we Irish were, name. Yeah. It is. And we Kate were on Casey. your show, Reality Life, mm-hmm. and we loved you so much, and I asked you to be on my show, and then Jake said, you can't do this by yourself. I'm coming. So, <laughs> well, you, people, I'm going to be trying to keep us on task. That's, the, that's my job here today. <laughs> Because so, otherwise they'll be like what you just heard times eleven. It's true. Thank so. you for being here, Kate. I'm so excited. Thank you, Kate. No, yeah, I'm really excited. So we're much now. Everybody, if follow Kate's show because it's actually I've started subscribing to after knowing I'm, it's really good. It's thank you. Well, I want to say is I don't watch a ton of reality TV, mm-hmm. so. There, I know a lot of these reality podcasts, TV podcasts, and I don't watch them because I'm like, I don't watch the show. I don't know what you're right. talking about. But I feel like your show is a great, like, it's like the PBS of reality yeah. show. <laughs> no, because you're interviewing funny, people yeah. and you're yeah. and you're educating people about, like, who these people are. So mm-hmm. if you know them, 
it's great. It's like adding to the context. But yeah. if you right. don't know them, you're and like, she's a wow, good in. She's right. like Jane Goodall. Yes, that's what you in are. The gorillas in the I Mist. I like to call myself the Diane Sawyer of reality yes. television. Yes. I yes. agree with that. That yes. is your show. Yes. And you're just interesting, which we're going to talk about. So, um, so tell us a little bit about like how mm. did reality life, how did that start for you? I had been writing television recaps for many, many years. Heather McDonald, the comic, started mm-hmm. reading them. She called me and said, um, do you want to come on my podcast? And I did so. And we just had great chemistry. Hmm. And uh, I said to her... Juicy I, Scoop, that's her show. Yes. I said, I think I have a great idea for my own podcast. And she said, all right, well, hold tight. I think I'm going to change networks. So let's just wait a minute, you know, wait a little bit. And I waited, uh, I don't know, like eight months or something. And then she went to a new network, and I went in and pitched it. And I think that the gentleman who runs the network thought I was a little bit nutty. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. He's not exactly, like, into reality television. So I just said, trust me, there's an audience for oh, this. Oh, yes. And um, so that was September of last year. The first episode was my daughter's birthday. And it's been a really fun ride, and it's getting more and more popular and it's i'm really very popular really Yay. really excited about it because it's been a lot of work but it's been fun because i just so love yeah. talking to people on reality shows and talking to people who watch them it's just well, you're very such a giggle about it and she's, I am. Successful. and she's got a great yeah. facebook group with her mm-hmm. and i just love how how excited your facebook friends and people in the group are are so excited to talk about these shows i know and they are always volunteering their opinions and yeah. it's like that's a place for them to go just to talk shit or yeah. say who who does this you know but who, i like it that they're this? the people that are in the facebook group you could go to it it's a closed group mm. reality life with kate casey but if you go in it's not people who are i do find that some of the facebook groups go a little bit dark they do where it's like you're looking up mls listings and you're <laughs> and and you're talking about someone's the, the way someone's child looks or the level of fetal alcohol syndrome. I know sometimes it goes a little dark AIDS. where I'm like, dial it back a little bit, but it's like fun. Um, it's fun, but it's, you know, you can sort of go through and think about someone's personality and, and break it down, but it's not dark where you're just, mm-hmm. uh, there are some people that are on Facebook that are just really yeah. dark and they're there yeah. to make themselves feel better by taking other people down. I don't enjoy that, but what I do enjoy enjoy is the celebration of the different stories that are on reality television. And the ridiculousness Mm -hmm. that's there. Um, But even when someone's super ridiculous, there's probably some really nice redeeming quality about them. Go ahead. Can we... The big news in the last couple of days has been the new Bachelor announcement. Right. Do you have any opinions? I think okay, that what what was the announcement? I don't know. It's there. They, Where have you been? They chose a guy that was on the show several seasons seasons ago and was Our, a runner up. Oh, I saw his picture and he he's, just didn't look the race car driver. No, it looks a little bit old. I'll say this: I think that they, I think they had some problems getting someone from the recent. They, what their formula has been in the last couple of years the is to get season. someone mm-hmm. from the previous season. I think they had a hard time finding the right person mm-hmm. that enough people would like and coupled with the demands that they now make as a potential right. candidate. Mm-hmm. Like I need a trainer. I need a nutritionist. You right. need to play my songs because it turns out that I <laughs> think I'm that I'm a buddy a musician. Really? They, so, the bachelor, oh, yes. bachelorette makes all oh, these demands. Now yes. they're doing that. Yes. Really? You know, I need to have certain amount of, you so know, extra, gone a long extras. way from Alex. I yes. Like so I think they should go like, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they should go way back to the Alex style, the first season, where they find someone who just works in, like, a bank who's super cute mm-hmm. and maybe hasn't had a girlfriend in, like, a year. And Preferably no domestic violence convictions. Right. And then yeah. maybe he's, like, 38 years old yeah. or something. and good. Just picked someone from obscurity mm-hmm. because the too many of the contestants now are too smart for the game and they're also like smarmy and they yeah, and also that, like, have Ari, a have a social media game they want to yeah ari has like he's like belgian and has kind of doll skin yeah you know, that kind of, <laughs> yes. too smooth yes and you're like, do I touch that or it come off? Well, then also, if you go deep diving, um, there we go. There are a lot of people on Reddit that have said that <gasps> he, which I find very strange, he hung out for years with the guy who won The Bachelor that season. Like, well, he got engaged to the girl. Yeah. So they were the last two, the final mm-hmm. two. They became friends and hung out all the time. And they would go to sorority houses in Arizona and <laughs> hang out and pick up girls. And now wow. that other guy says, yes, I read about this, says, says he, the guy yeah, who's now the new bachelor is disgusting, yeah. which translates to me two things. One, I'm so jealous. They didn't choose me. Exactly. And two, I've seen stuff and it's not, it's not right. Uh-huh. So probably shit's going to come out. Right. Yeah. Because mm. sorority girls aren't really discreet. Let's no, say that. no, there's, it's like every day on Twitter, there's a new story. And he apparently had a girlfriend. He had said that he hadn't been in love since he, uh, it didn't work out with the girl that he was on the season with. So that was five years ago. However, he did have a girlfriend for a year. <laughs> so <laughs> sucks to be her. Poor, wow. poor, poor thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just feel like, why doesn't anybody at the Bachelor franchise call me? Because I feel like it's like with my husband. People, My husband's in technology and he always says, I just wish that maybe you could come in and screen some of these candidates. Because I don't think it takes a lot to just screen someone and go, all right, they're full of I really truly believe that, and I know there are people in life like this. Some people have no um, filters, have no meters for that. And a lot of those people are in casting. They yeah. don't understand. They can't sense crazy. I know. Or they can't sense Do you sense think they can't smartiness? sense it? Or do you think they're, they're too pressured or overworked I to think, like, take I think, time? I think there's both. Perhaps I both. think there's both. Yeah. Um, but I think there are people, like I know people in my life who, who say, oh, like, why do I keep finding these crazies? Why do I keep mm-hmm. – um, I'm like, it's because you're not even trying to be open to it. Right. They showed you who they were, as Maya Angelou mm-hmm. says. Which is a great line. That is yeah. a great line. So she you, and I have the same birthday. Oh, Lovely. What day is She's that? now dead, but we had the same birthday. What day is that? April 4th. Oh. Robert Downey Jr. too. <laughs> it was also the day Martin Luther King was assassinated. Wow. It's an uplifting, an uplifting uh, You brought me up and then, wow. I know. Wow. Oh, yeah. it's my favorite moment you of the day. You know that U2 song that. where he sings about the assassination of Martin Luther King? Yes. He talks about April 4th. Morning, wow. April 4th, shot rings out yes, in the morning, Memphis April, sky. Yes, morning, April, Memphis sky. Yep. And you're wow. like, oh, that was when I was born. Oh. I know. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so do you think, like, with reality TV in general, like, do you think reality TV, it's so, it is so kind of, quote, fake and overproduced, and do you feel like it's going to, like, eventually, like, the wheel will turn back to what a reality TV was, or do you think it's too, we're too know. far gone from that? I hope not. I think... Well, I enjoy I the article. There are great it. shows. I think there's, you know, for example, I know I feel like I talk until I'm blue in the face about this new show on television called 90 Day Fiance before 90 Days. It's like 
this came out of nowhere and the stories are so rich. Wait, what is that? You talked about it on episode. And what is it again? So it's like catfish, but with a foreigner. So it's before people who uh, pursue the K-1 visa, which is the 90 day period Mm -hmm. before the person that you're with has to leave the country. So it's like, are you going to get married or not? That's the show 90 Day Fiance. But yes. they have a show that's sort of the story before that where they follow oh, that's couples. That's fucking fascinating. Before that, before they get engaged or get to the that period of their relationship where they want to get married. Mm-hmm. So it's almost sometimes like catfish or it's like, you know, there's a couple, Abby and Sean. Abby's 20 years old. She lives in Haiti. She's met him online. Sean is 47 years old. Yeah, of course. Of he's course. had three wives and four children, mm-hmm. and he's going there to rescue her, of course. Of and course. How brave. She, in the last episode, uh, she takes him to see a voodoo priestess because her mother tells her she's cursed because she has a rash all over her body. That's probably because her other boyfriend, Chris, who's also an American in his mid-40s, <sighs> was with her in the Dominican Republican R- Dominican Republic last month and it's probably syphilis oh, but because oh. she lives in Haiti she thinks that it's she's oh, cursed cursed um, wow. but and when this gentleman and they really believe that I know and when that gentleman showed up to Haiti he had a duffel bag full of underwear one dollar bin underwear from Target and that she was going to resell so I think it's a question oh, of who's God. who's the wor- person who's worse the 47 year old man who wants to come and sweep away the 20 the year old girl save her quote save her or the girl who's manipulating the 47 year old man by having him bring American apparel that she can resell symbiosis there I know, mean it's wow. like the layers of it there was another girl named Courtney who's from Orlando Florida because of course she is of course mm-hmm. and she met a man named Antonio online and mm-hmm. he is a model living in Spain and the pictures he looks like a member of Menudo like gorgeous right. and she's got thick eyeliner on and like heavy legs and is like living in florida with her parents Mm -hmm. and you think these two that's our people i know these two people don't look like a physical matchup and she's very wide-eyed and believes that he is her soulmate so she's this last episode she flies to meet him at the airport he doesn't show up at the airport and you're thinking to yourself it's probably because he doesn't exist mm-hmm. but then you see him and he actually is a model <gasps> that's and a... so they're going exactly that's so that the... is what i'm saying is that you wow. think I, I i could call this it's a a situation he's yeah. going to be that's going to be 400 pound woman or uh-huh. something it, he's actually a model but he's a playboy so he's talking to 10 girls at one time oh, and he's like oh she's a... american and he says i he has got a thing with for girls with clear eyes so i don't know if they're gonna have sex i can't wait to find out but <laughs> i think that you think that you've seen every sort of story uh-huh. yeah. but the truth is even if you see the same story not story but like the show formula of like a yeah. real housewives you yeah. think Got it, got it, got it. I've seen the story, the vaginal rejuvenation. I got it, I got it. Then you meet somebody and you're like, oh, this person has many layers. I think people like reality television because you can see a piece of yourself. Oh, totally. If you're curious enough about people in the world, there's Mm -hmm. a part of somebody that, you know, most people, there's at least one part of somebody that you see yourself in. Mm-hmm. And as you watch someone else's life unfold on t- television, it reminds you of a moment in your life or a person that you met or an experience that you had. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why people enjoy it. Mm. Yeah. It's like this, what you're saying is very, a show that I love is MTV's catfish mm-hmm. because it's very similar to what you're talking about because um, some episodes are better than others, but there there's an, you, you, the beginning of the show, you're always thinking, 
how can this person not, not realize, see not see? And then the more the layers come off, you yeah. realize, oh, they've been through some shit. They have trust issues. Totally. They have. And yes. what's so good. And because those two guys are documentary filmmakers, mm-hmm. they know kind of how to do that with people. They know yeah. how to talk to mm-hmm. them and interview them. And of course, there, I think there's been like maybe two episodes where they've actually been the right people. They've just mm. been scared to meet. Mm. The other 95% are like, oh, a girl is talking to a lesbian. Right. Um, or, or, and, and, and you, or, and then they're, they're devastated when they find out. Yeah. At the same time, you're, and then you find, you realize, oh, she believed this because she needed to believe in something so much right then. That's why I like to interview people. Um, in my in my show, I have a segment where I interview someone on a reality show or has been on a reality show because mm-hmm. I often think we can watch a show and make our own assumptions, but it's moments of their life. And that if I get the chance to just learn more about mm-hmm. somebody, that it all clicks together. Like, oh, that decision was based on that experience. It like all kind mm-hmm. of makes sense. Um, so I hope I give people that opportunity. No, it's good. I, I, I think you do that. I think what, who's so... Two two parter question. Who has been and don't worry, we're still going to talk about your dad because your your stories about your father. Are <laughs> wait, amazing. just wait, wait for the it, people. Fuck, people, <laughs> wait the fuck. Um, so, who's been the best get for you? That like, and mm. I don't mean like famous, but like an interview with somebody that you, you were really like, loved. Whoa, that was totally thought, not what I thought it would be. Um, Mike, the situation from Jersey Shore. <laughs> really. <laughs> I really, first of all, I have to say there's only one guest that I did not enjoy. I've liked, I've had 57 episodes. I've liked every single person with the exception of one person. John Gosselin was a total surprise to me because I thought, I mean, he must be like a garbage person. He's got his kids on television and he's a DJ at Applebee's. Like, what's going on? (laughs) And, but it turns out our day, we, our birthdays are one day apart. We both (gasps) went to high school in central Pennsylvania. He has a lot of children. I have a lot of children. And then he said, you know, yeah, I, I'm a DJ at Applebee's. I go to, you know, the casinos in Atlantic city and I work, but you know what? I do because I don't want my children to say you earn money off of my back. Mm. And maybe it's not wow. the, the job that everybody else thinks I should have. But you know what? I have a lot of children and I need a, I need a certain amount of income. I'm not going to get that doing, you know, data, d- data work, yeah. you know, in, in some dinky office in central Pennsylvania. So I'm doing this because it's the income and it's the it's a, a job that my children will not say you earn that because I was on television. Yeah. So it was like, wow. Oh, Oh, wow. Okay. And I have to say, I conducted that interview with him. He was on a lacrosse field with his kids watching his daughters play. Hmm. And the kids are running in the background and he's yelling at them like, don't go over there. And at one <laughs> moment he was like, I just feel like people are staring at me right now. I'm like, the people probably always stare at you. Yeah. Because you know? they know who you are. But I felt like, you know, I opened up saying, John, our birthdays are one day apart. Same year too. Um, oh, I went to Milton Hershey school get out of town I went to this school and I just start like soft with him and then, and then by the end he's like and then he said he got mad because I was kind of pushing him because he had done this announcement that he was gonna it looked like he was gonna strip on his birthday his 40th birthday and it turned out obviously he wasn't but I didn't know that yet and he said I will text I'll call you afterwards and explain myself because I was kind of giving him a hard time about mm-hmm. it like are you gonna strip or not and I have to tell you, he did call me. I was at the beach with my kids, and we had this long conversation off, you know, c- mm. camera or whatever. And he said, you know, I, I reserve the right to play with media, too. 
Dave used me to play up stories. And it was just, you know, I was doing the same. I knew that I could get more people to go to the casino, you know, event that I was DJing if it made it seem like I was going to strip. So why can't I manipulate the story just like they do? So we've we've maintained a friendship. So he's great. My biggest surprise probably was Mike the Situation because I thought, oh, he's just like this cheesy guido. You know, I grew up near the Jersey Shore. Yeah. And the wonderful thing about going back to some of these reality stars is that they've had time to process Processes, things yeah. in a way that someone who's on TV now or just, you know, in the past year cannot. And he was incredibly open and honest and said, first off, I was high most of the time I was on television. <laughs> and he detailed all the ways that he hid pr- drugs from the producers. Wow. He said, I was a horrible person. I was not myself. Then I went off television. I could not cope with fame. Yeah. It was incredibly hard to wrap my brain around. Why are people talking to me? Are they using me? Can I trust people? Mm. He said, I made the disastrous decision of having my brother do my finances. But I couldn't. Who could I trust? And it's a decision that a lot of people make. And I and I look back with regret. And I just want to be, I, you know, I have a new girlfriend. And we've been together for, I don't know, it was like two years. And... I'm really in love and I feel so grounded and happy and it's You're like, fun to be No, he's like it's so fun to be around people that I was on the show with because we're older now and some of them have children and Snooki has two We've kids. come to a place where we can we are, you know, we can process our fame better and so he was really surprising and I think that he's um it's interesting because then I went on another podcast and this girl had a very bad experience with him on that show. And I, she said, he's a horrible person. And I did tell her, I think if you saw him today, he would apologize mm. to you. He really is quite honest about how he was not of the right mind mm-hmm. during that show. And I, I assure you that he would tell you how terrible he wow. feels about it. So, I, you know, I loved him. Wow. The thing for me is like, like the, sure I'll tell you, the only person I did not like was a guy who was on The Bachelor and now had just finished up Bachelor in Paradise. I did not find him authentic at all. He was mm. promoting himself the entire time. Yeah. I, every once in a while, and I I've feel like, where I'm like oh. if somebody can't, if I can't get anything out of you, you must be a very shallow person because mm-hmm. I feel like for most people, you I just want to have a conversation. I just want to yeah. hang out and talk. Yeah. And if you, if you're unable to really have a that real guarded. conversation, yeah. then. There's probably a reason that there's we would never be friends. There's probably nothing there. Yeah. Or so he so, was yeah. disappointing and, um, yeah. It's sad for me, too, because sometimes you see people and, like, like I once did a, a podcast of Dear Maddie with, like, two brothers that were starting a fashion line and they were starting under – so and they were very different opposites. And I was like, this will be great because yeah. your family and, like, you have fights and how do you cope with this and, like, how do you deal with it? And I thought I would get kind of all this – and like one brother was totally just on his phone the whole time, literally as we're talking, and that it was such Ugh. a shitty episode. They just wanted to promote. Fucking, I don't like it. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. But that stuff comes back to on people. Oh, one more that I would love for people to listen to is: um, Do you watch Real Housewives of Dallas? I I have not watched. I know some of the the cast. Do you I've know Deandra Simmons? Oh, I've seen I've her. I've seen her because we're from Dallas. We went to yeah. school oh, in Dallas. Okay. She's wonderful i interviewed her and she oh that's an interview i didn't expect she totally was honest she said she was a victim of domestic abuse cool she her well, not cool not cool that she yeah her, i'm saying her it's cool that she revealed yeah, that you bitch her biological father committed suicide oh my um, not cool. the the trouble with being in business with your mother and how it's you know the the tentacles, if you will, of like mm-hmm. when you're in business with a family, family member and yeah. 
she was just so honest and authentic that I really enjoyed her as well. And I just, I also, she's a women's school grad and I am too. And I just, there's like a, like a kindred spirit mm-hmm. thing with her, but mm. I found her to be very honest. And I think it's really important to see women in their forties on television, especially yeah. ones that are successful and willing to talk about mistakes they've made. And certainly ones that are supportive of other women and, their, their growth in business yeah yeah so i liked her very much she's she's a very smart woman too and i enjoy someone who's curious about other people in the world around them well you're super smart you ted said that told us when you have a photographic memory right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's oh, we, we need that we need that really. <laughs> i we don't but even, it's only s- it's very specific I, if i oh. see something visually i can remember it i do there you go yeah, i, I do remember I every dick that's yeah. been in my mouth <laughs> There you go. There's something. Well, yeah. Well, I think it's that, noon, everyone. I feel like uh, all people have something, but for me, it's just very specific to details about people. Mm. Mm. So speaking Faces of... Faces, too. I walked into a boutique in New Jersey last weekend. I was visiting my sister, and the, I recognized the girl from this movie called PCU. Um, I, yeah, I I've said, seen that movie. Were you in the movie PCU? And she said, not w- once in my entire life has anybody recognized me from that movie. Wow. Like, she asked me, Is there, do you have some sort of weird brain thing? And I had to explain, <laughs> I do. I, we yeah. have a friend, Susan, Susan Van Heusen is like that. Yes. She remembers everything. She remembers mm-hmm. everything from who's been in every movie, even the smallest movie. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I know faces. I can, like, if I haven't seen you for 25 years, That's a, yeah. I will, rec- I will even if it's in passing, mm-hmm. I may not remember your name or where I met you, but I will say we've met before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah also music. You're weird. With I'm weird with music because that's where my brain works. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, speaking of weird, odd, Well, crazy, I was going to tell you, that's what my father, I get I that say, let's, maybe from my dad if he's my real dad. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about, I don't even know what Buckle up, first. motherfuckers. I don't know what first question to ask. Buckle I think mainly up. I just want to like give us like wh- g- describe like your ex- I, whether okay, it's growing I'll start. up. Yeah. So I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania suburbs, a town called Westchester. I mm-hmm. was born in Phoenixville, raised in Westchester. My mother was separated from my father when I was born. Then they divorced soon after. She likes to tell me that she I was born into a hospital <laughs> a hospital uh, room with just her like no one came to the hospital <laughs> which is why to this day every time i have a child i have 15 people in the room because i don't want them to have that story told to them yeah, which, put upon because you have four children right i do and you want more i do um i just love i love being pregnant i love having a big family i love have kids i also love you talk <laughs> about your stand-up where <laughs> you're like the more children i have then if they want me to play he-man i'm like Go ask your brother. Go ask your sister. Yeah, I no, don't I don't play just, with my they children. They just mother themselves. <laughs> yeah, they all just, play together. Why oh, would I perfect. play with you? I have other stuff to do, and we have nothing in common. So <laughs> It's uh, true. Yeah. Why should adults who do not, not want to play, play have to play with children? I don't children? want to play. I, I feel like the, uh, the weirdos that say, oh, I sat on the floor for two hours playing house. Fuck it's that. because they have one child. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why you don't have one child. That's it's, There's no point to it. Because when I play with my niece and nephew, it's like takes everything in me. It's a lot of work, and it's... And they do not appreciate your passion, no. your your voices, your character oh, development. It's the worst. No. When I'll, I I mean I teach I teach singing, and when I'll sing in the car with them when I'm driving, mm-hmm. my my nephew says, "Uncle Jake, can you not sing?" That's heartbreaking. And I'm like, and I said, "Well, I'm kind of paid to do that, so whatever." Okay, if <laughs> that situation was me, and I was in the car, okay, and I was telling them a story. And my son said, Mom, can you not talk? I, this is how bad of a mother I am. 
I would pull the car over to the side of the road, preferably a, a, a highway, and turn around and say, do you know how many goddamn people want to hear my stories? You better shut That's your mouth now. That's basically what I said. Yeah. Respect me. I was, I was, I was so offended, and I, it took me days to get over it. I know, but then he, you know, those little shitheads, they grow up and then they, like, my husband always says, our children will hate you until their wedding day. And then they will say, my mom was my hero. And I said, that's fine. I can cope with that. They like him way more. That's fine. That's fine. So I I grew up in Philadelphia area. Uh, My parents, uh, you know, were never together. I saw him only twice as a child and my mom had remarried a horrible man which we will get into but my dad would show up for visiting and my mom would say close the curtains and he's only coming to pick up your sister i have an older sister and um so he would come pick her up and i would be left at home and i wasn't allowed to open the curtains to see her leave with my dad so my mom would say to me the reason why your father doesn't come to pick you up is he doesn't think you're really his because you don't look anything like him your sister does but you don't now, my sister <laughs> has olive skin, brown mm-hmm. hair, and brown eyes, but we basically have the same face. Mm-hmm. So I'm a blonde version of her. Yeah. My father normal. looks like my sister and my dad look alike. They, they're very dark. Uh-huh. My mom has very dark brown, if not black hair, fair skin, and dark blue eyes like me. So anyway, so that's what I grew and up being Kate, told. But has like... Kate I'm, has blonde I mean, hair, blue, blue eyes. Blonde yeah, hair. yeah. I'm, I'm quite blonde. So uh, and, f- and very fair with yeah. dark blue eyes so my mom just would always say you know he didn't you know you're not really his so in the meantime <laughs> she had remarried a man who would say to her all the time those are your kids they're not mine i'm not responsible for them she can really pick them she's terrific yeah yeah so wow. um and he also <laughs> write a book he I also know. turned out to be a schizophrenic who had made up the story that he was a korean war veteran After this is your stepfather my your... stepfather he had um Zing. Spent my entire childhood mentally torturing us. He's the kind of guy that he would come home and we would shuffle upstairs because he didn't want you, us yeah. around. Or, and he would go and sit in the living room and pull the Barco lounger all the way up to the front of the television and watch MASH and then scream up, I'm coming upstairs. And then we would have to run downstairs and we could watch TV in that room. Like we could not never be in the same room with them, like wow. shuffling around the house. Because so, he just did not want to see you or hear you that much. I think he felt like we were a financial bleed like he was always unemployed because he always had health problems Mm -hmm. and my mom got almost no uh financial support from my dad Mm -hmm. so i just think and plus he was like they're not my kids i don't think your mom just married him to help i think she said that when they were dating he said i'll take care of you and your kids by that so my i have an older half sister i have my Full sister in parentheses, Megan. Mm-hmm. And then I, then my mom and my stepdad had one more daughter. So there were four girls in the house. Only two are biologically full sisters. So my mom had four girls with three different husbands. Okay. Okay. So by the time I was... So it was a horrible childhood because the stepfather got to a point where he and he's mentally unwell mm. because we after he oh he had all these health problems the guy would never die <laughs> he had a pacemaker he had cancer he had diabetes oh my god he had ever and there were countless times we would go to the hospital and he was being given the, the last rights to what got to the part <laughs> point where i would just laugh in the hospital i'm like you guys know he's not gonna die right the priests was, are like giving him a punch card he was did disgusting. you want him to die you oh I, absolutely yeah. yeah and then i would go to the hospital and he was so disgusting he would wear 
house clothes all the time. Ugh. He would have sweatpants that were like with his penis hanging out. So Gross. in the hospital, he would never close the robe and it'd be like the catheter bottle, you know, filled with urine. Gross. Like in the hospital, I'm like, really? Is this guy going to. So when I was. Um, why, did okay, those, so, why did those hold on? Why did those I know. Hold that's on? what I always said. So my sister went to. My mom found a boarding school where we didn't have to pay for it. It was called the Milton Hershey School, and it's for kids that come from financially, emotionally needy homes. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Perfect. So he couldn't have, Milton Hershey couldn't have kids of his own, so he started the school for orphaned kids. They changed the deed of trust in 1976 to accept women. So everybody who goes to school there gets a free ride, and they're all from shitty houses, too. Like, my dad's in jail, or my mom died of cancer. It's like awful wow so my sister and i were sent there this is like an 80s sitcom everyone had a story i went there when i was in the ninth grade when i came back i would never go back to visit i after i graduated i went to college and i remember i came back home and he was so he bullied me my whole life this guy like totally bullied Mm -hmm. me and i remember the power i felt when i came home and he said you know i'm sick of pain for you and i remember getting right up to his face and said what do you think you pay for me? I pay for my own college, my own books. What the hell do you think you're paying? Yes. And he was, you know, becoming such an old man and the fear in his eyes. And the funny thing was uh, the, like it, the roles reversed and he was upset, became obsessed with like, why doesn't Katie like me? And he would always oh, say to my mom, wow. well, why doesn't she like me? Why doesn't she like me? My mom was like. Because you're a monster. Because you tortured her. And immensely still, tortured her whole life. I can't believe your mom. Oh, she stayed with- married to him. She sent me to boarding school. She didn't want to get a divorce. So she stayed married to him. He's in, he died in the house that I and lived in until I was 14. The and then she called me and said, oh, God. <laughs> By the way, the hospice that came. He uh, they quit because he was such an awful person. So <gasps> he died. He, he died asshole. in the house, and my mom called me and said, "Oh, before he died, he forged a check at the bank. <laughs> that like one of those live checks that came to the house. I hadn't mm-hmm. lived there since I was fourteen, but it was like one of those checks, like you know, you endorse this, and then it's like you know, seventy-two mm-hmm. percent interest rate or something. Well, you know, I got a call from a bank that I owed money from." some live check and they looked so the bank did you know looked at the um the video from the bank and mm-hmm. he had gone in and with a for my forged my signature <gasps> so i remember i went to my mom and said i owe like forty two hundred dollars now i have a job uh, that pays me twenty six thousand dollars a year i'm 22 years old i right. just graduated from college and your husband did this to me don't you think that you and she, i remember she said don't you know the stress this puts me under now? How am I going to pay this bill off? Wow. So that's what kind of like I always felt like, am I living in a shit show? Like what? <laughs> um, so in the so I went on, I graduated from college, et cetera. I got married to somebody when I was 23 years old who was in the military. It lasted a year and a half. Sounds Sweetest like a guy up. in the world, but like not motivated, yeah. but really nice person and incredibly handsome. But that's Ooh, another thing. Wow. Sometimes we marry for ass. Sometimes we need a starter marriage. Yeah. Exactly. Sometimes we need a starter marriage. So then I go on to, I move to Los Angeles. I meet my husband on Match.com. I'm having, I had my my first child. I'm living my life. My sister calls me and says, I've tracked down our father. (gasps) Because I only saw him twice. Listen up, everybody. This is when the real good stuff happened. My sister hadn't seen him since she was like four or something. And we never really knew what happened to him. So my sister did like this extensive internet research and found out he had written you're going to not be surprised by this. He he has written quite a bit of literature on Irish history. 
His name is Paul. His father was, his father's, you know, grandparents may have been from Ireland, but he grew up in Pennsylvania, and as did his father. Mm-hmm. The man that was, is our father, now speaks with an Irish accent. <laughs> his name is Paul, but he goes by the name Liam, because his name's <laughs> William Paul. <laughs> so now he's Liam. Liam. He's taken on that. Okay, so she tracks him down, and she calls me and says, I've, I found him. I've reached out to him. Liam. She did, like, so much... Re- she, she, okay, so she says he wants to talk to you. And I remember she said, the one thing he wants you to know is that on April 4th, um, 1977, which is my birthday, mm-hmm. that it was one of the most special days of his life. I don't hear the rest of it. Because I grew up thinking I did not matter. No one paid attention to me. And truly, no one did. I would hide in the corner for hours just to see how long it would take somebody to notice and like Mm -hmm. time it. It would be hours. (laughs) So I just hysterically cry on the couch. I'm like, I matter. He does think I'm his child. Of course, I'm like an adult by now and Mm -hmm. I have a child. So my husband reluctantly says, maybe you should go back and with your sister meet this guy. So I fly back to Philadelphia I remember we drive to the town. By the way, he's been living in the town next to us. <gasps> wow. The whole time. The whole time. The whole time. Wow. He didn't think he didn't think he needed to. You guys no, were fine. but then I don't know. So I meet with him. He walks around the corner. He's got crazy Unabomber hair. <laughs> white as day. And he's super tall and just looks crazed. And we meet with him and he t- wants to take us to his church. He's a devout Catholic now. Of course. And he wants to show us in the prayer log how he prayed for us every week. I'm like, this is like, I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like, this is not re-. like, he's crazy. <laughs> and the accent, like, what? And my sweet sisters. So is he feel like, the hello, Kate, is, how are you? Like, totally. Wow. And Katie, my bunny love. Yes. And the funny, my sister's much meaner than I am. But when it comes to like calling p- things that are absurd out, I'm much meaner. So she's like, oh, it's wonderful that you go to church. And I go, really? I go, I said, did you tell the priest that you abandoned your children? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? And he's like flustered. My sister's like, come on, stop, stop. I'm like, really? Um, so then we, then he took us to the library and he took, takes out all these family photos to show us like old photos. I'm not in one of those fam. <laughs> he has no photos of me in existence as oh, a child wow. at all. So yeah, it's just been a, a hilarious journey because, um, he now, and he's, he's still living, right? Yes. Calls me every four days and leaves me voicemail. I wonder if I have one on the phone. You can hear <gasps> it. Oh my God. Um, desperate for me to talk to him my sister and you don't my like sister it. has not talked to him in like four years because he came to new jersey um, on a later he, date and i went i flew out again yeah and so my sister was like let's give this another try and have dan who's my husband meet him as well my husband believes in everyone is the nicest person that ever lived <laughs> so we go to my sister's house in new jersey my sister's still married at the time my father flies comes out with his girlfriend at the time I'm like, I said, why are you dating him? Please tell me. And she said, I have to be honest with you. He didn't even tell me you existed. <laughs> and then when he did tell me that your sister existed, he only said he had one child, which was something my mom used to tell me all the time as a child, wow. too. Your father tells everybody he has one child. Understand this. Wow. I was like, thanks. Good things I need to know wow. as an eight-year-old. Um, <laughs> she really didn't need to tell I you mean, that. I <laughs> mean, she's just like ding-dong about that stuff. I mean, that's another story. So... um he comes to New Jersey and he starts telling my husband about how he was involved in the peace, Irish peace process. And if you look this man up, you will, he has written, has prolific writings about the Irish peace process. And he has 
exaggerated his his experiences and his role in the Irish mm-hmm. peace process of the 70s. Mm-hmm. So he says, I've got something to show you. And he pops in this DVD in the computer and I can hear Bono from like U2 <laughs> narrating a documentary. And then you hear my father's voice come through and he starts talking about being in a bell tower when it was bombed. And I'm in the background going, really? Like, really? really? Am I... And he's my brother-in-law is like going, going like, no, 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 no. Like, just, just leave it alone. And he's going on. And Dan, my husband says, so you were in the bell tower when it was bombed? And he winks at him and he goes, it's just Hollywood. <gasps> wow. And I go, what? I'm like, I go, this no, is what I'm talking about. I said, history. you just made just that Hollywood. whole story up. And my brother-in-law is like, just let, like, let the guy, he's crazy. Just let him go. And then a little bit while later, my, my husband's like, so you, you are you lived in Ireland and he said yes I went to this boarding school in Galway called blah 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 I forgot what it was and my mother who still hates this man hates him like no other person um I told her just so you know your um former husband the one that you said might not be my dad he says that he went to boarding school in Ireland and my mom goes oh I'll show that fucker she went down <laughs> to the local high school and got printouts of the high school yearbook oh. from the 60s of him on the track team <laughs> that's wow. thrown it down. and if you go to my website you will find the photo because I've written about this whole thing so wow. as he's in my Ooh. sister or sister's kitchen saying I, I went it. to boarding school in Galway I said no you didn't you went to Great Valley High School I saw your track team picture and he looked at me like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, oh, man. And my brother-in-law was like, Katie, you got to stop. I just went full balls out. Like, come on. You got to stop on. this shit. Yeah. This is stupid. Yeah. Delusion. And I remember my husband went upstairs to, like, the bedroom, you know, my sister's house. And he closed the door and he goes, okay, now he's crazy. <laughs> now, for my husband to say that, it's bad. It's bad. So, to this day, my husband's like, I don't know how you handle that because he's really crazy. And to, Do you I've deal with him at all? I've had four children. I've never received a card or a gift or anything. Yeah. But he just calls and he'll say, I love my grandchildren so much. And You're I'm like, so proud of you. What and are I'm their like, names? What? How do you, so I had to, like, how do you, <laughs> how have you been, like, just been able to cope? I mean, and, like, be normal. Well, fathers aside, yeah. obviously, like, your, your, I mean, your, your mom has done some stuff to, like, kind of, like, as you just said, too. Like, you just yeah, have, like, Yeah, I a, think, well, I think it manifested a little bit. I was probably chubby in my t- early 20s. I could, like, I was probably ate too much and drank too much in college but I went to a a Catholic college so probably everyone does yeah I was probably manifest most of my physical self like really being really hard on myself like am I skinny enough because my mom would always say if you look like your sister he would have loved you my sister is wow I guess I mean if you saw us now you go that's something you can really change you look exactly the same like it's so but I was chubbier then because I was drinking beer and eating pizza so Uh I would be like I wasn't like, I didn't have an eating disorder, but I would always just think in my head like, God, you know, maybe if I wasn't blonde, maybe if I wasn't mm. pale, maybe if I didn't have blue eyes, you know. Oh, and by the way, I forgot the, uh, the part where that trip to New Jersey, I tried to get the straw to get DNA. Oh, yeah. And, but he kept the <laughs> yes! top of the straw on. And then I said, will you submit a d- to a, d- you know, a DNA test? And he was so offended. How would you ask me for that? I'm like, because I haven't seen you in 30 years. And because you grew up with him saying you weren't his daughter. Yes, you never came to visit me. But then he has this whole other story about how my mom, I feel I mean, a very like Tamara Judge's daughter, like um, <laughs> like parental alienation, like your mother made it really impossible for me. And I'm sure there's a little bit of truth to that. And I mean, 
who knows i don't at this point i don't really care anymore but yeah. i i have to say that it was incredibly hard as a child i, I think it, it was i i would look at other families and think like why not me there's mm. definitely a running theme in my life it's not so bad now obviously where i was mm-hmm. like i just want to feel like i matter in this world like mm-hmm. i'm noticed because i never got any attention from my mom my dad or my stepdad but the one thing i can say is true is that people always thought i were my mom especially always thought i was really smart mm. so i was always complimented on being quite bright and also for being quite funny mm-hmm. um, mm. and other people's parents would would say you know you're really clever you're really funny and those were the things that carried me that through kept you, going. you do have it to did. have like one or two things to kind of latch just carried onto. me and i have i have written letters to those parents by the way yeah. as an mm-hmm. adult and said i just want you to know those small Thank things you. that you said to me made an incredible difference and even as an adult it was great to hear from my one friend shannon demas's mom who said I always believed in you. I just saw mm. something in you. Mm. And that would be my advice to other yeah. people who are adults who have children is that your child might have friends that come over and maybe they come from a family. Their family of origin is dysfunctional in some capacity. Just say to those kids, yeah. you know, you matter. you're really a great singer or yeah. you're really great with people or mm-hmm. you're great at soccer. And those things carry kids through. I also think I was just very good at compartmentalizing and mm-hmm. also understanding in some way that they do not reflect me. There was, mm. there was like a, I think it was my mid twenties where and, and perhaps somebody else said it to me where they said, they are not like, yeah. you are a totally different person. You're something outside of that. Out, yeah, yeah. They don't represent you at all. And that was helpful. Um, and I did do have to say that when I had my first child, I went, started going to a therapist and I remember I went to her as you would imagine with the timeline of my entire life. <laughs> and she she's said like, a book. what the fuck? I was like, oh, well, I said, well, I can connect the dots. Like that was hard for me in this time period. And this is why I think that was. But uh-huh. I just said, I have a daughter and I'm going to have more children and I want to get a hold of mm-hmm. my childhood now so I can be a really great parent because um, clearly there was a lot of unparenting. Yeah. yeah. I do have to say that that's something that's hard when you come from a horrible childhood is that you kind of get a sense of yourself as you become an adult and then you get married and you're great but then once you have a child for me it was like my children have filled so many holes for me Mm -hmm. while ripping open new ones because Mm. I've been confronted with what I lacked as a child so even the smallest thing like giving them a bath um, I was never really given a bath I was dirty all the time and my hair would have knots in it and Mm. um, so you're happy to do that but then there's also that part of you, you that's like, well, just you're giving your you're bath grieving and I'm like, for like remember, the child you were. Like, wow, I never God, had this. This is so sad that no one would just give me a bath and wash right. my hair. That I would go like I'm brushing my daughter's hair when she was like a two year old and thinking, why wouldn't someone just take three minutes and brush my hair before school? Mm-hmm. Because I would go to school and people would talk about like the knots in yeah. my hair. And mm-hmm. Becky Merrill's mom had to lay me on a bed one day after school and take an hour to brush the knots out. Wow. And mm-hmm. that's like, wasn't she embarrassed that other parents were taking care of me? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my mom will tell you she did the best she can, but I don't think the best that you can is a good excuse all the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I feel like I just, I gravitate more to people who are, um, just really, um, what makes sense more normal. I don't know. Well, but it does make, but again, like how, like a part of me, you know, like as you, even as you're talking, like a part of me just wants to cry for you. But then another part of me is like what I love about your show and like, what is like such like a, a talent you have is I feel like you, 
when people say, oh, I've lived a story, you have too. And so like you like take time to get to know them. I think what you're touching on is that I want everyone to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're shown on reality television and maybe you're sitting in your home and you're like, that's not what I want people to see of my life. Mm -hmm. I want people to just like you have been heard that you have a chance, you know, for your voice to be heard. The reality behind the reality. Yeah. Like if somebody just knows the story behind it, like. The girls in high school thought I was a bitch because when I walked down the the, cl- to the next class, I just looked down the for- the hallway. I'm like, yeah. I got I don't want to be late. I wasn't like, hey, girl, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Um, if I had a moment to explain to them, like, I'm just very type A. And so I yeah. am terrified about being late to things. And I hate, like, not feeling like I'm prepared for a class. They would go, oh, all right. It's not, I'm not taking it personally. So I just feel like if we did that enough for each other where, like, explain yourself. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that person rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm always like, well, I'm going to figure out why they rubbed me mm-hmm. the wrong way. Because 99% of the time, it's not about you. Not at all. Yeah. 99. Yeah. I will tell people that. Like, if you're yeah. upset, it's not about you. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Um, I, uh... I will say that I've had many, many psychic readings <laughs> where they have said to me, there was a reason that you had a terrible childhood. It's going to help you be a really great mom, it's pay a off. great wife. And it, I've had people say, in, you're going to have a second stage of your career where you're going to connect with people and it's because of what you've experienced. And I think that's totally true. And I can tell you as a 40 year old mother of four children that I'm incredibly grateful Mm -hmm. for the experiences that I've had. And, um, I do feel like it's all sort of, you know, paved, a, you know, paved the way for me. Mm -hmm. No, I think there's like, I can't. It's very, you know, I had a very. I'm not supposed to say my age, but I always do. So. Oh, yeah. I'm 38. Jake's 50. <laughs> and so I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're going to be 40 this year. I don't want to talk about my age. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there is this thing of like, and I tell, I talk with working like with queer youth and things mm-hmm. like that, you know, like. You grow up, at least for me, I grew up thinking like gay was the biggest problem of my life. Like that was the yeah. thing that was going to devastate my life and why I was kind of never going to kind of just make it. Mm-hmm. And then in actuality, that's like the thing that saved me. It's the thing that got me involved in volunteering and the things that I love and getting right. a therapist degree and meeting the friends well and like meeting Jay. Like all of that changed my life for the better. And so I think that mm-hmm. you're such an example of that too. This horrible thing that you thought was going to just destroy your life is in a way kind of what yeah. created the life you have now. It led you uh, to create your own family. And also going to boarding school, that the Milton Hershey School, which is an extra- Oh, I bet that was huge for you. It's an extraordinary school. And if you know a child that's sort of in a similar situation, I encourage you to look it up, the school. It's a wonderful place. Um, but it was great because I always felt like I w- was on an island. Like I'm surrounded by people in a middle class town who have parents that are still married. Mm-hmm. Of course, now in retrospect, I know they all had parents with shitty totally marriages. Mm-hmm. But I went to a school where I was around people. Like my roommate Lori Kirsch's, her both of her parents died of cancer, and she was like a kid. Mm-hmm. Or that, um, you know, another kid. The, her father. Um, was a deadbeat and the mom lived in the projects and it was like I was around people who who also had struggle and Mm -hmm. we had that common bond and they became Mm -hmm. family to me like one of my classmates Deisha Dyer was social secretary for President Obama oh wow like there are so many countless stories of like really 
my friend Francine is an, an attorney for the government, like just great stories, but it was great to not for, to be around people who also had struggle. Um, I have, I had a therapist tell me that some kids are, or some people are just born with a survivor chip. Mm. Um, I agree with that. Some, some people are. I just, you know, can withstand other things, but I don't know. I just feel like you should see your weakness as your strength. I don't know. It seems silly, but no, for sure. Like, yes, I, maybe my mom's cuckoo bird and I can't rely on her to pay my rent at school, but it's going to push me to work harder than everybody else. I, to this day, I will work harder than anyone else because it doesn't matter how many millions of dollars I have. I'm always going to be worried. I'm going to be fired. And because of that, I will, you know, be more successful Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I feel like that, that feeling never goes away also i you know i could have been embarrassed that i got married at 21 or 22 for a year and a half Mm -hmm. but as sweet as he was he was not a good match for me because he was not motivated in the way that i would want someone Mm -hmm. and i ended up marrying a guy who's like beyond motivated Mm -hmm. who works all the time and i love it because i'm inspired Mm -hmm. by his passion for his job Mm -hmm. if i had not married somebody like the first time i wouldn't have appreciated the husband that i have now yeah so it all sort of works out in the end. It's just when you're in the trenches, sometimes it really blows. Yeah. But mm-hmm. another thing that I always held on to is like, I'm not the only person who's experienced this before. So if I'm not like, I'll make it out. I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, both of us kind of got out of small Southern Town. towns. Well, and you were like a piano virtuoso. And yeah. I, I only got out through music, but then you developed, yeah, if I would your- not have had music, I would not have gotten But out. then you got your tendonitis and yeah. you couldn't pl- like and he was like one of those 3-year-old is- kids that would hear something and just play it like a <laughs> yeah. like little Asian was, kids yeah. that was Jake. <laughs> and then but he- white. But white. <laughs> I was an Asian prodigy but white <laughs> and did not have foot binding. No. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> My feet were not bound. <laughs> but I was yeah, I was one of I was I was kind of I was very lucky cuz I saw, you know, I grew up in a I was born in a town of 3,000 people. He's like mountain wow. country. And and if I would not have had something, there would have been no way I would have gotten out. It's mm-hmm. a no one leaves. But again, it's like you, you developed mm-hmm. the tendonitis, and you were, I remember and telling I me how that you were like, and I had to learn to you sing. You were devastated. And I was devastated. My whole my, that was my your identity. career was over. You were, that was yeah. your identity. And, uh, and I had to learn to be something else. Mm-hmm. And if I had not have had that, that complete and utter devastating feel that, Everything I've ever wanted to do is gone. Yeah. I would have never been able to be here. Mm-hmm. I would have never been able to teach in the way what I do now. And, and connect with students. And connect in the same way. Adversity, and yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and also just coming and, and, and figuring out, like you were saying, you make your own family. Yeah. Like, I love my family. But there's a reason why they're on the opposite well, side. Well, there's definitely right. family of choice and family of origin. Yeah. And I think right. queer people have to do that all, all immediately because you have to you have to go through – you were forced to do this too but in a different way where, you know, when you're coming out, you think – you come to terms with if you're – I might not have a family anymore after I tell them this. Yeah. And luckily we did, but, you know, it's, it's, still, it's still hard, you know, and it's just like it's a – you know, I even think about how like it – it you know it, you even too like Jake almost died too like Jake was in a coma for like three weeks they found oh. him unconscious in his apartment because he had a bronchial infection and it's like parents came out here 
but and what they learned about your life that was such a beautiful thing i think mm. for you to realize like what what truly is important and that the mm. things we get in our head and think people are going to care about like they really don't i think that's a huge learning lesson yeah i re- also um Sorry, I hope you, it's okay. Well, I just had, talked about your life. Poodle. You had mentioned, too, that there are a lot of women that listen to this show mm-hmm. um, of a certain age, I guess. I feel like most of you are like late 30s, yeah. 40s. A lot of them are moms. Yeah. Or they're trying to do, they're either in, trying to do a side hustle sure. or, yeah. My first part of my life, I did legal PR. I, re- I was a media consultant for global law firms. And on the face of it, you're like, how could you be 40 and pursue a career in entertainment? <laughs> and... The truth is, as I was just as talented as a 23-year-old who left college mm-hmm. with a degree in political science who could have gone to New York City and tried out for, you know, yep. whatever you improv. You could have done a lot of things. I could have done that. Mm-hmm. However, I do think that the the process of my life has made me a more interesting entertainer now mm-hmm. than I would have been at 23. So if you are considering changing direction... Mm-hmm. And you're concerned, like, I'm going to be competing against people that are younger. Or just, you think it's too late. Let that but go. just know that your life is much more interesting in some ways yes. than somebody who just graduated from college. And I will tell you that somebody at our age may work harder than somebody at 23 oh, because yes. you, like, you know, you don't have someone paying your bills or it's more important to you or you, you're running on a short deadline or you want to show your children. Like, there, there are so many other factors that could make you a much better candidate for a job yeah. or mm-hmm. I, I career. Spent, I spent a long time in academia post high school mm-hmm. because I think I was trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do. And academia is great for you not having to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of, you, you kind of shuttles you where you need to go. And the problem with people, like this sounds really, really stereotypical, but the school of hard knocks and yeah. the, the school of life teaches you so much. And I mean, you walked away in the middle of your doctorate. Oh, yeah. People were shocked that he'd gone through all this. And he was Um, like, nope, because I couldn't handle it anymore. And I couldn't handle the pettiness. And as soon as I got out in the real world, I can use all this. Yeah. And I can actually connect with people because academia, if you're if you're you're teaching in in higher education, you know, God bless. I know it's (laughs) it's hell sometimes because of all the politics. But it's a it's a very protected world Mm -hmm. in that the the things that are. The things that are important are little tiny things that are happening, not the real world of having to work with people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could live with calling you Dr. Anthony all no, the time. I you would, would just throw that in my face all the I time. <laughs> be horrible. Dr. G. Dr. Oh, G. Oh, no, but my, my last name. He would not even be able He's to call me Dr. Um so see, this is what I love about. We had some advice questions, but we'll get them next time because we're already like an hour in, and y'all know I don't like to edit this show. So, <laughs> speaking so, of laziness, so no, so okay, so we're gonna do chatty Maddie questions, which are the same five questions, but I just one show since you are like. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you are kind of the reality guru, we're yeah. going to bring back an old section called Celebrity Shit the Bed. Celebrity Shit the Bed. It's been a while. been a hot minute. But I want to know, like, what celebrity, whether reality or out there, like, who do you think right now kind of in the zeitgeist, like, needs, like, some therapy that you just want them to, like, step away and take care of themselves? Right now, Angelina Jolie. Mm. Oh, yeah. She needs to take more time. I feel like she's. Uh, it's strange to me that she didn't have a publicist for all those years. I feel like <gasps> what? she's got. She didn't. No, she controlled it all. That photo with uh, Brad on the beach with yes uh, her first child. That was something she orchestrated. 
I Who think wants that, to spend here's money the problem when that? when people are celebrities of that level is yeah, and they like, and they peak so high, it's hard for them in the lows. She's used to being at the peak. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when she had a divorce uh, with Brad and people started to turn against her, I think it was hard for her to cope. Yeah. But I think she needs to walk away for a little bit, focus on her charity work, and then she'll come back up. Plus, she made a bunch of bad movie decisions. So I think she just needs some time to just process and then come back. We're not ready for her yet. No, we're not. Speaking of someone who had a shitty childhood. Yeah, I think her father was terrible. He he abandoned her, too. Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, she's. Yeah, she, she she needs some she needs to work on herself. Yeah, just take yeah. some time. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. Take some time. She's I mean, she could be a she's a great actress, so she could be getting roles at seventy. I mean Yeah. Just take a year and walk away for a little bit, mm-hmm. collect yourself, work on your mm-hmm. relationship with your children, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. It's fine. It'll be fine. All right. I like it. All right, Chatty Maddie, we're jumping in. So these are the same five questions that I ask everybody okay. on the show. Poodles I don't remember this. You did it. You did it twice, you <laughs> asshole. You don't remember anything. You don't, you don't get to answer. It's just K. <laughs> you just sit there and listen. All right. Uh, Fine. <laughs> Chatty Maddie, number one, all right, is uh, what is your most memorable childhood smell? <laughs> so, <laughs> usually that's such a fine question, but now I'm like, oh, God. You're an asshole. <laughs> You're a huge <laughs> asshole. My mom wore Shalimar perfume. Oh. I love Shalimar. My yeah. drama okay. teacher wore that. No, yeah. no one has ever said that. Who's a male and under my drama <laughs> teacher, Mrs. Kurtz, yeah. still wears it to this day. Shalimar. Shalimar. It's a beautiful smell. I bet there's a. Problem. Do you have it's a fondness? Strong. Do you have a fondness with it, or is it like? Yeah, I just feel like that was probably when my mom comforting. felt really. My mom is, has never been very confident in the way she looked. Mm-hmm. So I think that she wore those that when like when she would go out mm. and feel good about herself. So when I, I think about that smell, it's like I'm feeling good. Like I'm going to go out. I feel like I'm, I'm beautiful tonight. Like mm-hmm. it's just, and it's such a strong smell. So Shalimar. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say the dust it's on my... the drapes that you had to close. Oh, by the way, that definitely. <laughs> and I'm allergic to dust. So you can imagine why my house was filled with Kleenex use Kleenexes but if my sister were here she'd pee her pants Shalimar I'm she'd be like oh my god that freaking perfume that's maybe you know. see if you can edit these questions to 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 her and not something nope, painful but we, we're going with the, <laughs> we're going with the format here we and go I don't like to edit chatty Manning number two what would be the name of your memoir here's the thing <laughs> <laughs> probably that that's a good one you yeah. really should write a book I know right really um but everybody book book deal people <laughs> Uh, well, you kind Listen of said up. this already in talking about, like, accepting where you are and, like, seeing, like, not um, – well, the question is, what's the best – number three, best piece of advice you wish you had taken earlier in life? What you said earlier is true, is that um, I was so consumed what other people thought about mm. me for so long, and the truth is people really don't think about you. They don't pay yep. much attention to you. They're so self-consumed. So – Think less of how other people perceive you and focus more on how you feel about yourself. Yeah, I just got that. Like, and I'm still getting it. And I, my students will say to me, oh, you must just like think to yourself, blah, 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 later in the day, boy, that person really can't do anything. And I'm like, actually, as soon as you leave, I stop thinking about you because yeah. I also have a life. That right. really was being an actor that helped me realize that. And then talking to other actors and working with them and seeing how they hold on to that. Yeah. And when 
Yeah, that's it really is not weird. sexy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, chatting my ne- chatting matter number Speak. four. What day would be your Groundhog Day? So, what day was so awesome that you're like, that's a day I could live over and over and over. It's been the days that I've given birth. There that giving birth is just the most extraordinary experience. Usually, no one just says that because they say it's so in stressful. Labor, it's just like for me. And bliss. you're like medicated though fully, right? I like get it up the door, but even before that, it's <laughs> my friends, my husband are in the room with me and oh. it's like Christmas Eve, you know, the baby's coming and everyone's laughing and the nurses are all cracking jokes. And <laughs> as a woman, you just feel like this is the greatest athletic achievement of your life. It is. And you're so proud of yourself for what you've accomplished in the months of gestation and excited to see what the baby will look like mm-hmm. and what the, what the date, the time of the birth and excited for for people to see your baby and it's like just the most incredible sweet moment and then the baby's born and then your husband is holding this baby and you think to yourself i can't love this man anymore and then he holds your oh, child yeah. and the child looks like him and you're like it's just inc- like it's it such a sweet so those have been such special moments and hmm. it's hmm. funny if you go to my youtube page which no one looks at but it exists love and knuckles on youtube there's video of me in labor with my first child. You don't see a vagina, so don't worry about it. But it's on <laughs> my my mother-in-law <laughs> took it, and I found it afterwards. And I'm in labor in a zone, and because I don't, I, I like going. Uh, Scientology would love Scientologists would love me because I do like totally <laughs> silent zone births. No, everybody else is talking, but I go into a zone. Mm -hmm. But my husband's in the background, and he's asking his brother to take a photo of him in front of the window with just, like, sailboats in the background, Mm -hmm. like, while I'm in labor. It's hysterical. (laughs) But, yeah, the birth of my kids, I just... It's not even a big thing. I could just relive that day. your children hate you, you can play them this audio clip and say, these are my best days when I get birth. Truly. And they know it, because I talk about it all the time. And they like to hear their birth story. Tell me about the day. Mine, my mother's birth story says, um, well, it took me 22 hours and mm. then I was never thin again. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no, that's, that's a weird thing, too, with me is, like, um, I always feel like I look physically the best when I'm pregnant. Like, I just, right. like, oh, it, wow. it's like uh, the body works. And you feel good. Like you I feel... feel like a million. I work out every day. I jump on trampolines. That's my workout while I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And I just feel, like, so physically strong. Um and you're, everybody take like likes to be around you because you're pregnant. Yes. Yeah. Also, I don't have baby showers. I have karaoke parties. My first baby <laughs> shower was um, at a gay karaoke bar in Washington D.C. And I sang the Dirty Dancing theme, and a man lifted me into the air, and I was seven months <gasps> pregnant. So I That's have a good amazing. time when I'm if you pregnant. Have, if- I, we will karaoke with you for your yeah. next baby. Oh, Please I know. invite I know. us. I know. I want to have another baby, so yes. we'll make it happen. We do get serious about it, though. We so. do. Oh, no, I am too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Jake does the most whitest version of This Is How We Do It you've ever heard. <laughs> oh. It's really white. Is that your signature song? It's my signature it's your song. What's your signature song? Uh, what is my signature Probably song? Probably Saving All My Love For You in your yeah, head voice. In my Maybe Houston this is a song voice. you have to add to your list. That's a question. Not oh, a, that a, is a list. A, what is your signature karaoke That is song? a good one. That is a good Ooh. one. Yeah. All right. Thank oh. you, for Kate, for reading her. You got it. Okay, last one, Chatting Man number five. When are you most inspired? Um, a couple, There are many ways. I'm inspired by really funny comedy writing, like John Hughes movies. I just th- mm-hmm. That is like my, my happiest place, watching a John Hughes movie. I'm inspired by um, beautiful black and white photos. Hmm. I'm inspired by a, a really wonderfully made meal, like when someone really puts their heart mm-hmm. into it. I'm inspired by the giggle of a child. Um, I'm inspired by my husband, who is, he's an incredible, he's the best writer 
I mean, the guy can just take a piece of paper and write something and you're like, really? Wow. Um, I'm inspired by how hard he works and how much he loves me and my children. Um, I'm just, I'm inspired by anybody who can laugh at disaster. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Tara Burnett, Tragedy's Comedy Plus, right behind you. That's my picture. <laughs> Reminds me. Um, well, on that, anything else you want to say, Queen? No. My signature song, by the way, is It's Rainy Men by Weather Girls. Oh, of course. Oh, I should have asked you. I'm yeah. sorry. So tell everybody where they can find you. You're wonderful. I mean, I'm going to put links in the show notes. Oh, good. Um, my show's called Reality Life with Kate Casey. My website's loveandknuckles.com. If you, you can read my reality recaps, but I also have a tab about Kate, I think, or Kate's Yeah, life. you can see the pictures Kate's of your dad. You I've looked at it. I've read it. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's really Go, great vision. Click on that, people. Yeah. There's um, a great, I'm not going to describe to people to watch, but there's a great picture of like you took when you met your dad. With it. It's amazing. When I'm making the face? Yes, it's yeah. amazing. Um. And by the way, my son looks a lot like him, so I don't know. Maybe he is Creepy. my dad. Um, I always say to my mom, is it possible you had a, a, like a sexual relationship with Robert Redford in the 70s and you just don't want to cop to it? And she <laughs> said, unfortunately, no. Unfortunately. Um, so my website's com. My Twitter is at Kate Casey, and I love it when people tweet me during television shows. That's like one of my favorites. Uh, my Instagram is at Kate Casey CA. I imitate celebrity pictures all the time. Uh, oh. It's called Same Right, where I make fun of celebrity pictures. <laughs> um, and what am I missing? Oh, I have that Facebook group. Well, Facebook yes. page is Love and Knuckles, but the Facebook group is Reality Life with Kate Casey, and you can find other people and who want to deep group. dive. Yeah, yeah, but I'll accept you unless you like look like a terrorist. <laughs> I just love. The <laughs> or you're not funny. <laughs> sometimes one woman will say, "The someone that was, that was wearing that was a dot 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 look." <laughs> And it's just yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. all across the country, these people are yeah. bonding just because they're like, they're usually confused by something. Yeah. And they're asking if other people like, did anyone else? So people are just finding kindred spirits yeah. across the U.S. with uh, through reality television. I agree. You're making that happen. I hope so. Yeah, you're building community. <laughs> you are. Well, Kate, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. I love that we've become friends with I you. Know. I guess we're like friends now. I feel like we're friends now, right? I feel right? like that's the best thing that's come out of this experience is just to so many like Making great friends. people. Podcasters are the best. They really, they really are. are. We're like the best. This has been a good episode because yeah. I was here and Kate <laughs> was here. It, you know what? I will, you know what? This is. I'm, I will say this. I will listen to this one. Oh, I'll give it to you, Kate. Well, and people can follow us at TVT Time. And also, this week we are starting a po- podcast about bromance. It's a show on. That's the question that most people will have. <laughs> it's the show we're getting it it's on, illegally. It's on we're ITV, <gasps> ITV on, in Britain, in Britain, because it's this is a show made for us. It's about these. Trashy um, British, British reality stars men and women who <laughs> go to live and and dress like they're in ancient Rome and they and do, do gladiator tournaments. And David McIntosh, this is like is this the, is what I hate about the world that in Renaissance fairs. Oh, <laughs> this is terrible. We're they're going just, to basically sexually harass these men. We might have to. Oh, there all, are women, but we don't men. know who oh, they are. It's care. men, but yeah. they're their wives too. And so like, there's like an episode tattoos. where the, there's an episode I think where the wives are all making wine and like stepping on grapes and like. Wait, can I watch this? How do I watch this? I R I T V. You can. It's I T V two. It's I T V two. Well, no, I can show you. You have to change your computer. Okay. Ronnie told me how to do it. You have to change watch, your computer so it thinks you're in London. Recaps. It's going to be awful. It's going to – well, not okay. watch. It's only a podcast. Oh, fuck that. But I think we Good can I get a sponsor up. by like KY or whatever because we're going to need Luke <laughs> for this because it's going to be hot. 
Okay, I want to watch it, then I can listen to it. But does it okay. matter if... Well, no, I want to watch it. That sounds kind no, of No, I'll tell you how to watch actually. it. We'll, yeah, I want to watch we'll it. Put a, we'll put a note on how you But can it's literally called... Bro, but our show's going to be called Homo Empire, the Broman's yes, unofficial podcast. You know what you could do is you could ask people what reality show you're going to come on my show again and discuss. So what show they think you guys That's should watch. That's a great idea. That's what I want to know. All right, everybody. So you know, go to you can go to uh, tvttime.com. You can tweet Jake and I and let us know, or tweet case when I tweet the show. Reply with what reality show do you want us to talk about? Yeah. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. you, Kate Casey. You're the Thank best. You, Kate Casey. Thank you. All right, Kate Casey. <laughs> Kids, Casey. Bye, y'all. Bye. Is your mouth kind of wide open right now? Just like, holy crap! How did she get through? life with just not crying in a corner. I just, again, I just cannot, I'm so glad that after this experience, I feel like, I feel like Kay Casey, well she is, she's my friend now, not just a podcaster, that's what I love about podcasters, and I just, what an inspiring story that, even as I'm saying this literally right now, it's honestly kind of been a shitty day, and I've kind of been in my own head, and kind of like doom and gloom a little bit, personally on a level, like, you know when you have those days where you just kind of feel like you want to cry all day? That's kind of how I felt. And just now, as I'm remembering, because I'm doing this outro, we recorded the show with Kate like three or four days ago. So I'm kind of in doom and gloom mode right now. But as I'm sitting here doing this outro, I'm actually like, wow, actually my situation, I can do this. If she just told me that about her life, her mom and her dad's and what she can and how she can be on the other side of that and be loving and funny, I'm like, okay. You know what? I don't feel like I want to cry anymore. And that's why. Sorry, y'all. y'all just had, I just had a fucking moment right here in front of you in Jesus. But that's why I love what I do. Is because hopefully I do that for you. Hopefully I'm shifting your perspective and getting you out of it. Well, holy shit. I feel better. Look at that, KKC. I appreciate that. All right, everybody. So I hope you enjoy the show. Be sure to check out Kate's show, Reality Life. I'll put the link in that. If you're listening from the Dear Maddie, then check out TVT Time. And if you're listening on TVT Time and you're interested and you like this conversation, you like kind of getting a little deeper, but being funny and and talking people about people's lives and experience and chatting Maddie, then subscribe to the Dear Maddie Show. That link is in here too. You can subscribe to that, and you can also subscribe to our new show. It's on Google Play, and Stitcher, and iTunes soon. Homo Empire, uh, the Bromans unofficial podcast. And as always, please leave a review, five stars. Just say good job, whatever. It always helps. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go take a walk. I feel good, sugars. I love you. Bye.